0: This is an Area Code podcast.
1: Hi, listeners. Just a heads up that there's profanity in this episode. So if you're listening with your kids, you may want to skip. This is All Alone, a podcast about life during a pandemic. following entries were recorded the week of May 17th.
0: All right, it's Jason in Denver. It is the 19th of May. Among the people whom you regularly are in contact with, what extent is everyone more or less on the same page as to how we're approaching the pandemic? As I've mentioned before, I do have a roommate at first he was paranoid about everything he was running around the house wiping everything down with clorox bleach but then as the weeks passed on you know he kind of fell out of that habit and you know was going to the store without masks was you know letting his kid play with other kids in the neighborhood so yeah he's he definitely uh stopped taking this seriously uh, a lot sooner than i did most everybody else that i've talked to is you know, on a regular basis, uh, such as neighbors and friends are, you know, still kind of like, you know, hey, you know, keep the social distance, but that doesn't mean we can't hang out in the front yard. Keep the social distance, but that doesn't mean the kids can't run around together. I have a friend who called me a couple times to go hang out, go for walks and stuff on trails, much like the one I'm on now. And then uh, even though the trail, even though the sidewalk is eight feet wide, she refuses to walk next to me on the other side of the sidewalk. She has to be in front or behind me about 10 feet. So some people are still about it. I've seen a lot of those rallies go on. So yeah, needless to say, uh, some of us are approaching this differently. Uh, We're approaching this in different uh, degrees of seriousness.
1: Hi, this is Jess. I'm in London. It is the week of May 17th. My friend who lives very close to me, which in London is a big deal. In London people live all over the place. Usually you end up meeting in the center of London because otherwise you would have to travel for hours to get to wherever your friends live. But this friend, she only lives about a 20-minute walk from me or a five-minute bus ride. And it's been really lovely because you know, I've been working from home before the pandemic started. And she would message me to say that she was also working from home and she's gonna walk the dog. So why don't you just come over and we'll walk the dog together. And it's really nice to have somebody who is, you know, so near to you. But after the pandemic started, after the lockdown happened, she's been the only person who sort of tried to tempt me to come out. And I don't think she's doing it maliciously. I don't think that she is thinking to herself, I'm breaking the rules. But it is true that it's breaking the rules. We are not in the same household. I'm going to the shops. I could get it from a grocery store worker. I could give it to her. She could give it to somebody else. I don't know if she's breaking the rules with me, if she's breaking the rules with other people. And it's difficult because we're very good friends and I don't want to say, oh, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. And so I've kind of been dodging it. So I'm trying not to become sort of militant about this. You know, I'm not looking for a confrontation. I'm just trying to avoid the situation.
0: What's another country's whose response or reaction you've been watching closely? I haven't been watching any closely. I've just heard the bits on the news. I've watched Germany, I've watched you know about Australia, New Zealand and other countries in Europe and even the Middle East and how other com- countries are handling it versus how the United States is handling it. And it's embarrassing to be considered the United States of America and having this kind of response. Half of the rest of the world is laughing at us and the other half is feeling sorry for us. And then you know it doesn't help that we have these people that are rallying, saying, "I have a right to go out and be sick. You can't stop me." It's not about your right to be sick. It's about your, you infecting other people. The same thing with the you know the anti-vaxxers. It's not it has nothing to do with you being okay with getting the measles. It has everything to do with you spreading the measles. Uh, but they can't seem to get fa- past the uh, you know my rights versus the collective's rights, um, and that bothers me. Because unless you're living on a compound out in the country somewhere, where you're the only person there, you have to think about how what you do affects other people. If you don't, well, then you're just a jerk. Now you can consider it and then write it off and say, okay, I'm willing to take the risk that you get six because I don't wanna wear a mask or because I don't wanna stay six feet away from you or whatever, but that takes you from jerk to asshole. So pardon my French.
1: I think I'm one of these people who spends a lot of time checking the sort of like the numbers. I, I visit this website where it gives you, you know, the data for each country. How many new cases, how many deaths, and I track, you know, the total number of cases. And so, you know, I saw the rise of... So it's not as if there's a single other country that I'm tracking. I mean, I live in the UK, so I'm very concerned about the UK. I am also extremely concerned about the US because that's where all of my family lives. And I'm interested in in different policies in different areas. I'm obviously very interested in what New Zealand has done. I'm very interested in Sweden that's chosen not to go into lockdown at all and seems, at least on the surface, to not have had such a terrible outbreak. And I think one of the things that I can see in looking at different countries is how difficult it's going to be in the future to come up with some sort of single narrative about who did this right and who did it wrong. Because so much of it is dependent on on sort of randomness. I mean, you could sit here and say the U.S. has done a terrible job and Trump has been awful but the death rate per million is actually quite low by comparison to some of the countries in Europe. And I mean if you look at a country like Italy, I you know, I haven't seen all of the details, but they did go into lockdown fairly quickly. But they were just unlucky because they were one of the first ones to really have a bad outbreak. You can look at countries like Germany and they responded to it quite quickly and they did testing and they were able to sort of loosen regulations a bit earlier. But then now they've kind of had a second wave. You can look at, you know, someplace like Sweden and they didn't have a lockdown at all, which seems extremely irresponsible. But they seem fine. And so I I think it's going to take years for us to figure out what's actually happened. And I think in the meantime, people are going to want answers. They're going to demand answers. And I think that they're not going to get them. And what will happen is what we've seen with the conspiracy theories. You'll have people who are going to draw sweeping generalizations off a of few particular instances. And it's it's going to create more tension and more conflict. And I think probably we would be better suited with our time to support the scientists and the work that they're doing and allow them the space to be able to do their work responsibly and maybe to spend a bit more time focusing on ourselves and what we should be doing to make things better. I find it really difficult to escape from the news. I find it really difficult not to check things every morning and i have different ways of trying to escape probably like lots of people i've been watching lots of movies lots of television playing video games my husband and i we have different ideas of what i what a good pandemic show might be and so i've been watching the us office but raf wanted to rewatch chernobyl <laughs> and i was like why would we rewatch this show but I actually am really glad we watched it because we we watched it just before the pandemic. And, and I thought it was exceptionally good at the time. But now having rewatched it, I think it's really, it's just phenomenally relevant for this exact moment because it is kind of about how disaster happens and how people respond to it and how poorly we were equipped to deal with the situation there's this really poignant scene where a woman who her husband is a firefighter and he was sent to try to put out the fire at Chernobyl which of course is not a fire in a traditional sense and so he became uh, poisoned by the radioactivity and he's in a hospital and she drives to Moscow to go meet him and she's pregnant and she goes into the hospital, and, and she's bribing the nurses to let her see her husband. And the staff are like, you cannot be here. And she's like, but it's my husband. I want to see him. And eventually, she gets to this point where she meets her nurse. And the, the nurse is like, oh, fine. You can go in. You can see him for half an hour. But you have to leave. And she's like, okay. And she turns around and the nurse stops and she's like, but you're not pregnant, right? And the woman turns and she's very quickly goes, no, and leaves. And the nurse, of course, walks off and the woman goes in. She is very pregnant and she walks into this room full of firefighters who are sick with having been poisoned from fighting this fire at Chernobyl and she immediately rushes to her husband and she gives him a hug and and I think it says a lot about why this is so difficult for us because we can't see it and because who we are fundamentally you know desire so much to touch and to be touched this makes this whole process very difficult and we're willing to compromise everything if we can just be with the people that we love the most. And there are consequences in the show. Of course, she loses her husband. She eventually loses her baby. But in that moment, she couldn't think about that because all she wanted was to be close because she felt panicky. And I think that's why we're finding the pandemic so difficult because when we need that sort of affection, that closeness, we have to compromise those people around us. And I think it's both tragic and very beautiful.
0: I got one more thing i wanted to mention while i had you is uh you know i talked about before about being unemployed or underemployed or whatever during this pandemic and worrying about rent and stuff well i paid my landlord last friday because my rent's due on the 15th and last friday was the 15th he called me up this morning throwing a fit because i only paid three quarters of the rent and i said well i gave you every dollar that i had you know, after I paid my phone bill, after I paid my insurance, after I paid, you know, bought groceries and put gas in my vehicle, everything, this is what I had left. I gave you everything. I ha- literally have $5 left to me. And he just started screaming and yelling and threatening, threatening to evict me by the end of May. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. So I actually ended up moving there in there on a VA program. So I called the VA and I said, hey, this is what's up. And they're like, yeah, no, he can't do that. There's a moratorium on evictions right now in Colorado. He can't evict you if he wanted to. And if he does try to, if he does try to have uh, somebody come over and evict you without going through the proper procedures, he goes, let us know, we will help you fight it because you can sue his ass for that. So yeah, that's on my mind too right now is, (sighs) even if I could make a little bit of money, now I got to worry about first and last month's rent or I have to worry about leaving Colorado My mom's invited me to move back home, but I really don't want to move to Florida. But I may have to. I may have to save up my pennies, get a truck, and drive down there and, uh, you know, start over or something.
1: I haven't given a lot of shout out to my cats, and I feel like maybe I should do that in this episode because. I, I do think that they're the sort of ultimate escape because they literally have no idea what's going on. And to them, the people that are normally going out into the world are suddenly around the house all the time. And we have two cats. We have a girl cat who is not super keen on people, Luna. And we have a boy cat, Apollo, who's just turned a year old uh, yesterday, actually. And he... He's just full of love and full of affection. Um, And he only learned to go outside, you know, through the cat flap only in sort of January. And he loves to, like, go outside and he comes back through the cat flap and he comes running into the living room because he wants to announce, I've come back, don't worry, I went out into the outdoor world, but I'm back. And then he takes turns, he goes first to Raph and gets cuddles from Raph and then he comes to me and gets cuddles from me. And it's... It's so funny, they love their little routines and they really enjoy the fact that now we're at home all the time, the routine is not disrupted, that it's remained very very stable. And it's been this sort of like lovely joy in the middle of everything to be able to spend so much time with them and to see how their little lives take place during the day when we would normally be at work. And you know that they are just sort of endlessly sort of wrapped up in their own little worlds and they don't have any idea what the pandemic means, they don't have any idea why we should be stressed about the future. To them the biggest concern is when is their next meal and when can we play? And so I think they've probably actually been the biggest and realist escape. You know it's hard to watch television or books or even playing video games because it all kind of reminds me of a world that, that doesn't exist anymore. But f- they're still very much the sort of part of the world that existed before that's, that's remained the same. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's pretty great. All Alone is created and hosted by me, Morgan Lee. It's produced by Sarah Cameron, Nick Thompson, Richard Clark, and myself. All Alone is a useful group podcast. For more information or to join, please send us an email at coronavirusdiaries at gmail.com. To stay updated on this project, follow us on social media. We're at allalonepod on Instagram and Twitter.
0: This is an Area Code podcast.